Hello, welcome to the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Sean Peck to the podcast. He is uh, the singer for Death Dealer, Cage, Three Tremors with Harry Conklin and Tim Ripper Owens. He was also on the Dinner and Sherman albums, featuring uh, two founding members of Merciful Fate, and he is a whatnot seller and a big part of the Instagram comic book community. Sean, welcome to the podcast. This is cool, man. Metal and nerd shit. This is like, it's a dream come true, really. Thank you. (laughs) It's a dream come true. Well, it all happened by accident, so. (laughs) I mean, I wanted to be a, I mean, I love comic books so much. I wanted to be a superhero. And the only way that I could get close to that was learning how to freaking scream hypersonic notes and be in a metal band where I could dress kind of like a superhero and not have people think I was crazy. So that's the heavy metal in the comic book thing just merged. And, uh, it's, it's great that I can express myself that way. <laughs> now that is man. Hey, uh, do you, have you ever gone on stage dressed as Banshee from the X-Men? Good idea. <laughs> Good idea. But not, no, not yet. I'll no. say not yet. You've got something for Halloween, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I can probably hit the notes that Banshee does, you know, in, in the in the comic books, but um, like 2000 Hertz or wherever it is. So, uh, yeah, good idea. Uh, well, you know, you just got to be able to get the uh, the suit flying. <laughs> <laughs> we can hook up a string or something, right? <laughs> harness. Yeah. Yeah. Get you on a harness. Hell yeah. Uh, probably a little bit better than those goggles. I saw that photo you showed the other day. <laughs> That was, um, yeah, that was funny. They're like people that were way in the back, like, it looked like you had lines painted on your head. <laughs> so I could barely fit into that leather uh, shirt, but, you know, I I squeezed into that thing. <laughs> yeah, it looked like you were having a little trouble breathing. Yeah. That's okay. Good, it, good, good performance, uh, as far as I remember. Hey, probably helped push the notes out a little more. Pushed on that diaphragm or something. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I kind of want to ask you a little bit, just, man, you've had a hell of a career here. You know, I've been listening to a lot of the stuff you've been a part of. You know, I'd listened to Dinner and Sherman before, but I'd never heard of Three Tremors. And I was, oh, really, yeah. I was really, really impressed with that, man. God, just three great power metal singers just screaming at the top of their lungs. You know, I got to ask you what it's like working with uh, Ripper and uh, Conklin on that. Um, it was cool, man. I mean, it was, you know, the, the original Three Tremors thing was supposed to be Halford Dickinson, you know, from Iron Maiden and Jeff Tate from Queensryche, and they just never did it. So I'm, I was just sitting there. I'm always, I'm an idea guy, you know, um, especially in heavy metal, you can only innovate so much in heavy metal and then you'll, you'll lose, you know, musically you lose the essence of what the music's all about. So you kind of have to innovate in the idea department. So I'm like, okay, let's do, um, you know, let's do the, the 2000, the 2020 version of the three tremors. And then it became the American version of the three tremors. And I actually trademarked the name. And now no one really even thinks about that old three tremors since we're on our second album and we've done, you know, I think a hundred concerts together. Normally when you put that kind of thing together, people think it's like a project, Right. Uh, but we went out and toured like immediately, you know, so they're like, oh, my God, this is a live band. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I saw that took, on Instagram. It, it took a while <laughs> to kind of, you know, get get it down. But um, 
now we got it down and it's it's killer dude there's nothing like it i mean people come up all you know, after every show and they're like these german guys with heavy accents and, and battle vests with a thousand patches that have never been washed and they're like i have been to over 2000 shows and this is one of the greatest heavy metal performances i have ever seen so we get a lot of that kind of stuff every night and um you know i used to kind of be a fanboy a ripper and now we're just like homie he says that about judas priest like he lost his his heroes by being in the band because now he's just like friends with them and uh, you know i ripper was a guy i looked up to and you know idolized and now you know i call him up and i tell him that the his cleveland guardians baseball team sucks you know when the padres beat him and shit and we don't <laughs> even talk about music half the time so uh and then harry is just you know harry's a wild man he's um Every time I see him, I get a big smile on my face, and he's super fun to be around. And you know, you never know what's he's he's a wild card man. You never know what's going to happen. But you know, some people they all they all know who who Ripper is, and and some people don't know who Harry Conklin is from Jack Panzer. But that guy can out sing like anybody. I mean, he's just unbelievable his technique, and so we've learned how to make it sound, you know, really good. And then the backing band is basically cage and it's just super powerful. And the main thing is, is you got to have good songs or none of that shit matters. And we got like really good, you know, catchy heavy metal songs. And then we'll throw in, you know, some, we'll throw in a few covers here and there. The first tour we did a lot of, you know, we each did one song from our individual bands and then a bunch of covers. And this tour we did only, I think we only did like one cover and the rest was all original shit. So it was really cool. Yeah, man, that's really exciting about you just uh, being able to tour with, you know, like you said, your hero for instance, but now your friends and such. Um, uh, I kind of want to ask, are you guys going to be on tour this year? I know you were on tour in 2021, right? You, did you say you were going to be on tour this year? We're talking about it. Um, the we did the last tour we did was in November. It was mostly Midwest and East Coast. Um, you know, our we were waiting. You know, because our the drummer for Cage and the Three Tremors is now. You know, Ripper stole them for KK's Priest, KK Downing's band. Right. And so they were supposed to do stuff. So we weren't going to do stuff. And now they, we don't know what they're doing. So we're talking about maybe November or something. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, a lot of stuff going on. I'm working on a bunch of, you know, more albums. And uh, the comic book thing is kind of taking over a large part of my life yeah, now. It so. seems to be all consuming. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, oh, my God. Now I'm all it used to be all heavy metal. Now it's a lot of comic book stuff and um but yeah we're talking about maybe um maybe november i mean i was just on the phone with ripper he's going down to australia and he's going to south america um so we'll see it's still up in the air right now okay well i mean if you guys come out this way towards uh you know on the east coast out here you know let me know i'd love to come see it yeah we definitely want we we have a lot of fans in in georgia actually so that's and we haven't brought the tremors there yet, so we always try to expand our reach. We've done a lot of Florida, um, but yeah, we definitely that that's on the uh, target. Well, um, you know, we have a big Prague festival out here every year, and there's a lot of power metal bands in that. Usually, um, I know Gamma Ray. Yeah, we Cage played it. We I played it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Prague Power. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't go get to go to that one. I was kind of hoping to go to the one Blind Guardian was at, but. <laughs> Yeah, they've had some good lineups. It's cool they bring those bands in. So, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, anytime you're out here going to play a show, let me know. I'll be for sure. I'll take a day off or something. I'll just call in sick. Fuck it. <laughs> call in, just quit. I mean, forget sick. Just quit. I've actually quit a job before to see Iron Maiden live. So <laughs> that I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. That just seems totally natural. Hey, I got to see him two times in one week, and it was that 25th anniversary tour for uh, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Uh, awesome. That was a good show, man. Um, yeah, I want to ask a little bit about just a few more of your metal bands. Um, uh, do we have anything new coming from Death Dealer? Well, Death Dealer, man, Death Dealer's crazy. We got music as far as the eye can see. We just put out an EP like, what, a month ago okay, um, yeah. called Fuel Injected Suicide Machine. Never done an EP before. The third album we did, Conquered Lands, was really well received. Um, and then management was just like, hey, man, we should put out an EP you know, in between the next thing. And Stu and I, the guitar player from Australia, uh, during the pandemic, we, dude, we recorded so many songs. So the fourth album is completely done. It's and you know we're so excited about the fourth album. It's it, like the whole we got the album artwork. It's like ready to go. Um, and we're trying to figure out when we're going to put that out. But that could be the best one we've ever done. Like, and we pretty much have the fifth album done because we took four songs off the fifth album to make the EP. We just like, we had so much shit, you know, the, the EP is fantastic. I mean, it's got two super fast thrash songs and two really good mid tempo songs. Um, yeah, if I hadn't and, listened to it, I apologize. I actually do go through listening to a lot of bands for this. So, well, it's not you know how we, our business model is like we don't put the shit on Spotify. Like if we do, we do lyric videos and music videos. Those songs that go out to the public, they go on Spotify, but the rest of the album does not. So, right. if you want to hear the album, you know, you're in the press. I can send it to you, but. You know, we don't I, I'm totally against giving my album out for free to the world the day that it comes out for all the money and time and effort we put into it. And our fans appreciate that, man. They support us. They buy the pre-order, um, you know, and we move. We're 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 big on the physical product. We put a lot of time and effort into making it look like unbelievable. There's just art. You know, I'm a comic book guy. So I got like the top art. I got the top artists in the world doing my cover art and stuff. Mark Sasso's doing some Marvel cards right now. And Dusan Markovic, who's as good as any freaking guy out there, are the two guys we kind of rotate around. And uh, so, yeah, the fourth album's done. The fifth album's pretty much done. And, like, Stu just keeps writing songs. I mean, we got, I mean, we have, like, you know, 25 songs for the fifth album that we got to, finish up and go through so yeah there's death dealer as far as the eye can see and then we're going to try and finally get we haven't played together in a long time so we're going to try and finally put it together and play live somehow somewhere maybe 2023 well hell yeah um yeah i, I had to ask about death dealer because it kind of brings me into the comic books a little bit because well you I mean there's a couple of songs i've noticed that seem to be comic influence obviously sorcerer supreme but there was another question i wanted to ask about death dealer uh, going back to, you know, when I'd gotten back into comics, I remember at a point there was a, a comic book out called Death Dealer based on Frank Frazetta's art. Is There's there one now, like last last week. Uh, that was one of the hot comic books that came out. I just I got the. The uh, what do they call those where they don't put anything on the cover, like the blanks or whatever? Uh, yeah, the the ones that they just send the artists to do the art on and stuff. Yeah, so I got I got 
some of those I'm going to have like my comic art guys like I'm going to send us to them and have them do something for an original Death Dealer comic so that's kind of cool yeah uh, I know I see Frank Cho doing a lot of those <laughs> right right but yeah that um, you know the band name there was another there was a Canadian band called Death Dealer it was actually really good and they kind of gave up that they changed their name to Death I don't know what they were thinking they had <laughs> Death Dealer then they went to Death like I can't hear Dealer and then they kind of became defunct, and so we just kind of took the name. And, you know, we've got – it's kind of a super group because it's got Ross the Boss from Man of War as one of the guitar players and uh, Mike LaPond on bass is from Symphony X now and uh, uh, me and Stu. And then we had Rhino, you know, who's the drummer of Man of War in it, but now it's Steve Bolognese who's in – He's in Ross, the boss's band. Ross stole, so Ross stole my first, the first Death Dealer drummer, Steve, who's still in Death Dealer. And then Steve couldn't go on this European tour. So my drummer from KK's Priest and Cage and the Three Tremors, Sean Elge, he stole him too. And he just did the first leg of the Ross tour. So like everyone keeps stealing my drummers. It's freaking crazy. They're a hard commodity <laughs> to come by. You should try, yeah. it. You should try it in fucking Georgia. <laughs> I'm but at, it's all it's all good. I'm at the point I'm just gonna do damn programming and shit at this point. <laughs> right. So um But yeah, we have a lot of there's a lot of superhero songs. So the three tremors, I mean there's a video, people that are listening, go look at the three tremors, Kryptonian Steel. Yeah. Um that's a con you know, that's Superman obviously. The, our our lead song Bone Breaker off that you know isn't really about a comic book, but it's got all comic book clip art through the whole music. But it came out really cool, and uh, you know Death Dealer did Plan of Attack, which is an Iron Man song. Uh, Cage did Doctor Doom, Scarlet Witch, Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, I just did off the new Cage album coming up. There's a Midnight Suns. Okay, you see, you're speaking my language there because I'm sitting right across from a Ghost Rider poster. So, <laughs> well, you got to hear the song "Spirit of Vengeance." It's fantastic. Go look up Cage "Spirit of Vengeance." Absolutely. Really good, really good song. And then uh, what are the other ones I did? There's a few more. Let's see: uh, Kryptonian Steel, Scarlet Witch. This is freaking. I'm have. I'm drawing a blank. Um, Plan. Sorcerer Supreme. Plan of Attack. Plan, well, no, no, uh, Plan of Attack. No, Planet Crusher, which it was Galactus. Oh, okay. How, how could I forget that one? <laughs> yeah, the biggest so guy. I, I got to be the top, you know, superhero song guy that there is. I don't know who's done more. The guy who used to sing in Iced Earth, he's done some superhero song. He's done Blade. He did a whole and, album uh, on Spawn. <laughs> yeah, they did the Spawn, obviously the Spawn album. But, um, as far as, uh, oh, well, and then the new, I can rip another, you know, tip, tip I'm going to reveal. On the fourth Death Dealer album, there is a sick Avenger song called Assemble. Nice. That I think we're, we're going to open the album with it. That's how good that song is. So yeah. um, that one came out good. So, yeah, and, you know, there's, I want my, you know, I had an idea a long time ago to do a full, the whole thing was going to be a superhero album. I was going to do every song. I mean, I had all the titles laid out, everything. So, um you know, I'm I'm still thinking about doing a song called Werewolf by Night and a song called Tomb of Dracula. So, uh, why not, man? I I'm mean, so deep. I'm so deep into the comic game. I might as well just keep going. Yeah, I've actually got a few Tomb of Dracula comics here myself. Uh, mostly the the Doctor Strange stuff they did with him. Yeah, I loved that run. 
from the first two issues they did where they did the crossover and then into the Montessi formula. Later uh, on. I just I just sold a bunch of Doctor Strange last night and I pulled out the two two Dracula crossover issues. I'm like, I'm going to keep these. I was, I almost sold them. I go, yeah, I'm going to hold on to these ones. So cool. That's funny. You mentioned that. Oh, they're great stories. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned Dr. Strange and Tomb of Dracula. So I had to kind of go in there. Absolutely. Um, you know, going into the comic books, let me kind of ask you real quick. Um, where did you start with comics? You know, uh, as how far back can you remember like your first comic or something? Cause you know, I, I like myself, I can say, you know, it was seeing ghost rider or Spider-Man. Well, it was, you know, I, I was in the comics way back as a young kid. So kind of right when in the 20 cent era where it was going from 20 cents to 25 cents. Right. So, and I was collecting and saving comics all back from that era. The story I tell, you know, I told this on Instagram was, uh, you know, I have a, I had a bunch of comics. So basically what's gone on recently is I've had comics that I collected from 1975 to like 1995, all bagged and boarded store, basically, you know, grabbed everything through that era. And then just after the image meltdown, I kind of just completely got out of comics from like 95 to like 2020. Yeah. So, um, you know, loved the comic movies, totally loved all the characters, was not picking up a comic and reading it hardly ever. So randomly in 2019, before the pandemic, one of my metal buddies said, Hey man, I got a, you know, I got a Sunday pass for Comic-Con. I'm not using it if you want to go. And I hadn't been to Comic-Con in years. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll go. So I, I take the pass. I go down there by myself and randomly hit a couple like silver age comic boxes and grabbed a silver surfer one and spent like a thousand bucks on old comics. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm not even collecting comics anymore, but I love Silver Surfer, my favorite character. And it was a Silver Surfer one. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get this thing, which I'm glad I did because it's like, you know, 10 times what I paid for it right now. Um, and so, and then, you know, the pandemic hits. I'm hanging out. I got time on my hands. I go, you know what? I need to, what am I going to take all these comic books to my grave? I got to sell these things. So I started going through all the boxes and going, I wonder which ones, you know, how much of these things worth. And as I started educating myself as to what the whole comic book world and, and, and business and collecting scene was all about now, I just got completely sucked back in, man. And so it's easy. I, man. I went to a, a, you know, a comic book shop in North San Diego just to kind of walk around and talk to the guys to try and like, what do I do? You know, I learned like, Oh yeah, well you send these comic books in and then they get graded and encased in this plastic. And then the higher the grade, the more money they're worth. I'm like, Oh, well I should do that. And then, these, these guys were whispering in the corner about whatnot. I'm like, what's that? And uh, for people that are listening, whatnot is this, this app on your phone where they sell comics, Pokemon. It's like Twitch meets eBay where you bid on stuff live and then you chat and, and hang with people and you have shows. And so I got one of the early people that got approved on this thing and um, started selling you know, the stuff from my personal collection, which is known as the PC in the comic world, uh, on whatnot. And then they liked me because I had the whole heavy metal singer background and they wanted to kind of get a little pizzazz from that angle into the into their 
app and um, now the you know the app has completely exploded and I'm doing like you know six shows a week between me and this other guy that's helping me I did have these super hot adult models doing it and I was like super popular because these chicks were like smoking hot but um they someone complained and I had stopped doing that which sucks but yeah I noticed that I saw that like it was about a, what, a month ago yeah, probably a few, a couple, two, three months ago. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good for a while though, because we called it comic sexy time, and apparently, <laughs> they didn't. You know, they like because I asked him about it from the jump. I told him I was going to do it. Then they go, yeah, that's cool. And then someone complained, and then they said, oh, you can still have the girls, but just tone it down. I'm like, well, someone could complain again, and then I'm screwed. So I'm taking the safe route and just you know me up there doing stand-up comedy and selling comic books and it's been great man it's been fun and then i've been you know picking up a ton of of uh, i like the old stuff i like the 12 cent 15 cent superhero stuff and and uh the speculating game on some of the new stuff's been fun so it's it's a really cool uh it's a really cool hobby to be in and it's you know investing in hard assets i mean you see what crypto and the stock market's doing they're going down and comic book values are going up so uh there's a big market for it and you know there's no end in sight because there's just billions of dollars going into these uh intellectual properties and movies especially now that discovery's taken over dc it's going to be Crazy and it's great, man, for people like me that, you know, we back in the day when we were younger, we would read comics and people would look at us like we're crazy because in our imagination, these things that we're seeing on the film screen now was happening in our imagination. And now these people that have limited imaginations can just go and watch it on the screen and go, oh, that's cool. And we're like, see, we told you. Yeah, exactly. That stuff was going on in our minds. And now they've got the technology to make it look look awesome on the screen. So we were way ahead of the game, and now people understand. Whereas that first in- interpretation of the Fantastic Four in the film was not exactly great back in the 90s. <laughs> or Captain America, for that well, <laughs> Yeah, um, but, you know, I remember watching the Hulk on, you know, Bill Bixby and the frickin' Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. And I, as a kid, I was just like, this is insane. I mean, I was, like, <laughs> psyched on it. So, you know, we took what we could get back then, but... Um, so yeah, then the, you know through the whole comic book, the the whole heavy metal thing. You know, I've written you know half the songs are like you know fictional stories of of wonder that I just create and turn into a song. So I've you know a lot of that comic book stuff has has influenced me definitely through my the metal years and and that kind of stuff and heavy metal. I mean, go hand in hand, and and that's why I've got these artists doing these outrageous album covers and if you guys are listening and you go look at the cage album covers and the three tremors album covers and the death dealer album covers i mean they're i show these these hardcore comic guys my cover art and they're just like blown away and these guys have looked at a million artists and and so uh we've always spent a lot of money making sure our our album covers just looked incredible and that just comes from my my comic book background well yeah um there was actually one more thing about the metal I kind of wanted to ask you about. I was going to ask you what it was like working with Dinner and Sherman. Um, that was great. I mean, the thing about that was just capturing, you know, those albums, the EP and then the Masters of Evil full length. 
I mean, we captured the real essence of what the people loved about Merciful Fate. Yeah, that was your, that was a really good King Diamond impression at points, man. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, they didn't want me to sing at all like King Diamond. I mean, I wasn't allowed to go, oh! I mean, I wasn't, you know, even though I can do it. Um, they didn't want me doing that on our original stuff. So uh, Hank and I became a really incredible writing team. And it's just a shame now that, there's a bit of a rift between Hank and Michael um, because of this merciful fate reunion where Michael's been excluded from it, which is really sucks. Yeah, that does. Uh, it's ridiculous. And so I kind of lost respect for Hank Sherman, how he handled it. It was really, you know, bitch move, you know, they're best friends. And then he just fucks the guy over kind of. Um, so what are friends for? <laughs> Yeah, it's just sick. And so, um, but, you know, we had, we only, I think we did, what, eight shows? That's it. And they were, we were just getting good, man. The last two shows we did, we were just like, we were all of a sudden, we looked at each other like, holy fuck, we're badass now. Like, we were killing it. Um, I remember the the last festival we did was in, in Norway. We had, we were in between Exciter and Entombed, and Entombed is from there. They were playing their their album, their classic album in its entirety, you know, in their hometown. And then before that was Exciter, who's got like one classic heavy metal song after another. And I'm like, man, we're going to get fucking smashed in between these two. And we ended up just destroying both of them. I mean, I love the guys at Exciter and friends with them, but we fucking kicked their ass at night. And uh, same with Entombed, man. So we've, you know, right then I got, dude, we're, we're actually getting really good now. And then, you know, for one reason or another, the, you know, those guys were a little too analytical and stuff. We got offered so much shit. And they're just like, no, no, no. And I'm like, why no? Like, let's fucking do this. So, um, but, you know, we created two albums that will definitely stand the test of time. But, you know. The, the remnants from that band, you know, may, I can't reveal uh, too much, but there may be some some embers uh, brewing to start a fire, perhaps, if I can use a metaphor. So don't give up hope yet. But yeah, writing, writing those songs with Hank, I mean, it was just, I was perfect for him as a writing partner, man. I really, we really... You know, he would send me shit and like the next day I'd have shit back to him. So, and he had nothing to do but work on music all day. So he just loved it that like he would get material back. Problem with him was he just kept tweaking the songs over and over. He would just like, there'd be 20 versions of each song. I'm like, dude, it was, you know, we had it perfect. Like, why did he just change it again? Like, fuck. So, um, yeah, great times, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice if we could, somehow do that band again but that's not likely the way things are right now but we'll see and that's a shame too because uh the material you, you you guys put out was just amazing yeah i mean it was funny because there was a lot of people that like put out an instrumental version of the album we hate the singer like you know the singer sucks <laughs> and uh and I'm like, like how did King Diamond sing those songs. I'm like, hey, bitch, I wrote all the fucking mel. I wrote, I wrote some of the music to some of them, and wrote all the vocal melodies. So like, King, you know, King Diamond wouldn't have thought of that shit. I thought of that shit. So, um, and then there were some people. You know, there's a lot of people actually that like the music but can't stand King Diamond's voice. You know, there are those people too. 
And so for some of them, they're like, this is great. This is like, you know, Rob Halford singing with Merciful Fate. So, but overall, I mean, the, the albums were album of the month and it sold really well and all that shit. So. Yeah, that's the old, uh, what, what I usually hear people complain about is, uh, yeah, we love Rush. We just don't like the singer. Yeah, we love Dream Theater. We don't like the singer. <laughs> yeah, I can, see, I can see that, that his, his voice gets fucking annoying after a while. But anyways. Um, LeBray? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we had some, you know, and then we did some shows, you know, where, we, where I went out and, you know, sang eight Merciful Fate songs, like, when we just had the EP, we only had four original songs, so we had to do some shows where I was doing a ton of King Diamond shit. And that was really fun. Of course. Was there any and, of that that was challenging for you? It's just kind of tricky. Cause like, um, to sing it falsetto in the King Diamond voice, um, I can do it really easy, but it's like, it's almost too low of a falsetto for me. Like I got to sing it like two steps higher than how he sings right. it. And then, um, after I start belting for a while, those falsettos get a little sketchy. So then I'll end up just singing it in my full head voice in the same key. Cause I can, I don't have like, I can sing those notes without having to do falsetto and just my regular voice. So sometimes I would just kind of like whatever was working at the time, I'd have to like, you know, flip back and forth to different styles, but they both sounded good. And, you know, I pulled it off. So, um, but, you know, I kind of wanted to do the King Diamond voice songs like earlier in the set before I started really freaking belting Halford style. And right. um, Hank never wanted to do that. I'm like, dude, like, who gives a shit? Like, let me, you know, we always had to fight over that. He had his his theories about shit that I didn't necessarily agree with. And he didn't care what the singer was trying to do, trying to do. I'm like, whatever, dude, just fucking go for it. And, well, I can um, tell you it was still better than the Fate Project in the 80s. Oh, boy. When I saw that music video, dude, I never even knew about that. And then when I was out there hanging with him, the drummer, Jens, showed me the freaking Can't Stop, Can't Stop, or whatever the fuck that song was. I was like, what the? I did not even know. And then uh, I was hanging with Pete Black, and he was showing me, you know, all these pictures of Hank and the freaking leg warmer, uh, the the freaking legs the leg warmers and was like what the fuck so uh you know we had some fun times though all of us you know I, i'm a fun guy and I, I i make it lively and shit you know and hank i kind of brought hank out of his shell and uh you know michael me and so me and michael really hit it off though. i mean we were fucking partying out all night some nights and you know great times and you know i can I'm a bit of a wild card too, because I'm liable to likely to say anything, you know, that could rub people the wrong way. And so those guys are always like, "What's that going to say next?" <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, those um, are always the most fun to have around. Because <laughs> I don't give a shit. I mean, I'm not I'm not politically correct at all. But uh, the guy you got to break up a fist fight for. <laughs> well, I mean. Not that, but I'll just, you know, I'll say the things that everybody's thinking, but no one is, has the courage to say that right. shit. And, uh, yeah, so there might be something, you know, along those lines. So, yeah, new Death Dealer album, uh, the new Cage album, we're almost done with. We I just talked to Ripper about maybe starting a third Three Tremors album, so... Uh, we're, we're all kind of just taking a little bit of a break right now. Like we went pretty hard. So like 
we're, we're in, in Sean, our drummers out on the road and blah, blah, blah. Dave Garcia from cage and tremors was, he bought a house in Florida. So he was messing with that. So we're, we're taking kind of like six months off and then we'll come back in and start getting some plans. In the meantime, it's comic books. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, keep it <laughs> up, man. You look, it looks like you're doing a great job with the comics, man. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like I'm, you know, so I started you know, from scratch. And now I've almost 3,500 comic book followers on Instagram. And the, I got a really good following on whatnot. And, you know, I go to these comic conventions and people are like, hell destroy. Like I saw like, you know, I'm, I'm used to the band stuff where people come up and, and, you know, call me out because when I'm at a show or something and want to get a picture with me or something now, like these comic book people, they don't even know I sing in a band and they just, they want to, hang with me because of the comic book stuff I post on Instagram and the show. <laughs> I didn't they realize have no it. idea that I'm like this heavy metal singer. Then I show them, they're like, what the, they don't, you know, and then they're like, holy shit. I didn't realize so, it when you added me, like you sent me a friend's request and I was like, well, who's this guy? And I got to looking and look and I got to listening and I was like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> I need this motherfucker for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so I had no idea that, you know, there's like these mini, there's this community and the, you know, they call it the community in, in, uh, the comic book world and this whole thing of like, okay, so I talked to a guy on Instagram I've never met. He shows me a picture of a comic book and then I just, I just PayPal him a thousand dollars, friends and family with no recourse. And then he just sends me the comic and it's all based on trust. And they're like, yeah, that's how it works. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I know, like, okay. So I drop off a hundred thousand dollars worth of comic books to this press and cleaning guy. And he just, and I just trust him to freaking not rob me. Like, yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, the trust level in the comic community is uh, is unbelievable. Like, That's that how was, I felt about CGC. Yeah, exact same thing. When I sent all those comics to CGC, I'm like, so these guys just have all my comics, and then the, hopefully they send them back to me one day. They're like, yeah, that's how it works. Especially right now because they're so backed up. Yeah, so I'm always an idea guy. So we we I was in, we literally had some heavy duty talks about starting another grading company and i was actually talking to that guy that ees guy too um it just seemed like there was a, a power vacuum that's another player could come in and and i had it best we went deep on it man we were like really into it and then i go you know what i'm gonna have to devote my life to this thing so i i bailed out but we were we were almost had you know a million dollars in, in investment money we we're gonna start our own grading company and uh I go, you know what? I'll have to quit freaking music. I'll have to quit all this other shit. Like, fuck that. Yeah, when no, life's too short, bro. Someone else can take that crusade. Life, on. life is way too short, man. You got to enjoy the things you're doing. Absolutely. So um, I'm enjoying it, though. But, the, the, you know, the comic in Southern California, like there's a comic convention like every other freaking week, which is cool. And, you know, digging through the bins. And now with whatnot, I can dig through those bins and look at a comic and go, this comic's only five bucks. I can sell this for 20 bucks on whatnot. And so I grab that stuff, whereas before I wouldn't even think about grabbing the comic. So it's a whole it's fun, man. And then, you know, I've been able to grab some collections from some people, which, you know, other people are just gurus at where they're like, I'm flying to Atlanta to buy another collection. I'm like, how do you find these things? So, um 
it's been cool. It's it's a fun little hunt, and you know. Oh, I know. I, um, I, I get to practice my stand-up comedy routine every time I do a freaking uh, whatnot sale, and um, people dig it. So it's good times. Um, one guy on that's actually been on the podcast, who's a, a seller on Instagram, three sixty comics. He, it seems like he's always getting another collection, man. It's like it yeah, seems that's, like once twice that's a, a week. Trick in itself, like I don't know, they, they I don't know how they they do it but um maybe you should ask him <laughs> yeah i mean i i know some of the techniques i just haven't gone after it. but i i mean i've gotten like six collections so far so i've gotten some i've got my own little you know uh scams and then i'm also everybody i talk to you know i'm like hey man you run into any comic books or <laughs> like no like everybody <laughs> I'm, I'm always talking like hey let me it's like uh those people that come to your door that I want to talk to you about Jesus. Like, I'd like to talk to you about comic books. I was literally thinking about going into a, a, a neighborhood of, you know, where older people live and just knock, go door to door and go like, Hey, uh, my name's Sean. I just want to know, do you have any boxes of comic books in your freaking attic? Like <laughs> we're trying to buy cars. Just literally, that might be a good way to go. Just go, not go to the neighborhood and just canvas a neighborhood knocking door to door. Like, just, We're buying comic books. You got any comic books floating around your house? Don't show up in a with a bicycle and a shirt and tie, and you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, some candy bars. Like we're trying to gen- we're trying to get money for our. I was thinking pastor. more like Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on my fucking door. <laughs> Can we talk to you about Jesus? Uh, I love that. I'm like I'm I'm like hey man I I go like I'm super tight with Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm good man. I I'm glad you guys are spreading the word. But man, I I got it all working so you went the exact opposite way i did because the time the mormons knocked on my door we stood out there and talked to them about slayer for 30 minutes yeah can i talk <laughs> to you about our lord slayer <laughs> let me tell you about Kerry king and jeff hanneman <laughs> that's a good story i got a lot of good stories man that's gonna say like i me and brian schlegel and uh Kerry king were arguing about who was better band judas priest or Iron Maiden and me and Carrie King were on the priest tip and I'm like Iron Maiden hasn't made a good album since Brave New World and like that was barely great I mean yeah. we just got firepower out of Judas Priest like and Slago is like going oh man the, the New Frontier album was great I'm like are you kidding me that album is garbage trying to tell me the Final Frontier what's it called I don't remember Final Frontier That's, it was like a great album yeah, it's like, like you're Final out of Frontier. your I, I did not care for dude, it dude it's so bad you're, you're out of your mind like oh no I love that album me and Kerry King are just like dude yeah and he's like cause he cause Slayer goes uh Saying Judas Priest is better than Iron Man, he's like that. That's a pretty controversial statement. And Kerry King looks at me, and goes, "I don't think it's controversial." And I'm like, "There we go. I got Kerry King on my side." <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the the further Maiden goes down the rabbit hole, the more they tra- start trying to sound like, um, like old Wishbone Ash or something. Like Steve's just trying to be Wishbone Ash now because he grew up being a big fan. There's um I don't know if you know who Razor Fist is on YouTube. Oh God, yeah, I know Razor Fist is. <laughs> Dude, he did he did a great review of that new album though, which was amazing. How he freaking broke those new songs down on the last album, and he he, he takes a couple of those like, dude, if you if you put this at one and a half times speed, this song is awesome. <laughs> like you know, he's like, they shouldn't need any plays and and uh, but it did, you gotta you gotta watch his review on the new album. It is freaking like I spit my coffee out. Dude, some, he has some funny fucking lines in that review. That dude's a fucking walking thesaurus. 
Dude, he's, I, I don't know how, I mean, I, he's got to script all those out and just read them, but how he can go on those long rants, it's got to be like a scrolling teleprompter, but he does it so smooth that you can't even tell. It's like, how does he freaking blow this tirade out like that? So, yeah, no, I loved um, his, uh, I loved his Bathory review when he did all the Bathory albums. Of course, I fucking love Bathory, so. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I, I haven't watched that one. I gotta check that one out. Uh, it's really good, yeah. I mean, he he went through the whole fucking discography, man, and it was great. Yeah, really cool, and um, and he loves the three tremors. So, um, you know, I've I've hit him back and forth on a couple. I'm a I'm a fanboy for freaking uh, for uh, him. So I'm like, yeah, dude. I go play play one of our fucking songs on your outro for Christ's sakes. Throw us a fucking bone, Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a fan too. So, well, hey, man. I got to cut this thing off. Um, Good times. Hey, I'm going to give you a minute here to let everybody know where we can find you on social media and stuff. Um, Just, you know, go ahead and throw that out there. Social media. um, The YouTube channel is you did steel cartel records. So we have our own record label. We put all our stuff out on steel cartel records. When I, put that on my tax returns i'm always wondering what the irs is thinking when they see this cartel word like you know hmm, interesting uh and so the youtube channel is youtube slash steel cartel <laughs> lots of funny stuff on there i do i was doing this thing called the metal daily news where i was kind of doing like a uh uh weekend update saturday night live like making fun of all the blabbermouth metal stories so i got to get back on the game there's a lot of those up there there's a lot of nfl stuff after a game charger game i'll go on a tirade there's lots of killer music videos and i've been doing some comic videos too like when i do conventions um and then uh hell destroyer comics on instagram no dots no spaces no underlines just hell destroyer comics the websites, you know, you can go to steelcartel.com and get links to cageheavymetal.com, deathdealermetal.com, thetreetremors.com. And we have insane deals on vinyls, shirts. I mean, we got the best merch in the business and lots of really cool bundles. And um, that's about it, man. Um, hit me up on Instagram. Love talking to strangers about metal and comics. And thanks for having me on the show. Hey, never a problem, man. Um so everybody out there, be sure and go check out Sean's 9,000 projects, which are yeah. all great. And uh, be sure and follow the Metal Thrashing Nerd podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then, you know, write a review for the podcast. Rate it. Hey, that stuff oh, helps me, cool. guys. I love that stuff. Well, Sean, thanks for your time. Um, I'm going to cut this thing off. You guys have a good day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>